sunshine and rain, sickness and pain, bless me, O Lord. In all things, sunshine and rain, sickness and pain, enlarge, enlarge my territory, the prayer says. Increase my hope, expand my joy. Increase, expand, enlarge, O God, who we understand ourselves to be. We enlarge my soul, O God, enlarge my hope. Will you increase my love? Will you increase who I call family? Will you increase how I understand the world? Oh God, enlarge my vision. Enlarge my understanding of what is and who you would have me be. Enlarge our understanding of what is and who you understand us to be. Oh God, are you ready to be enlarged today? Ready to expand into new territory? Well, we have a reading today that not too many people like. It doesn't sound too much like the Jesus we really like. You know, the healing Jesus, the eating Jesus, the smiling Jesus, the blessing Jesus, the Jesus that we call on in our need. It just doesn't sound like that Jesus today. What do we have to learn from this Jesus? May we enlarge our understanding and our hope and our joy and what the world calls us into as God's people. Oh, Jesus, what in the world are you talking about today? Well, let's see. Let's see what he's talking about. He's just finished preaching. He just fed 5,000 people before this part. He fed the feeding of the 5,000. And after the 5,000, then he preaches, and then he explains what he preached to the disciples. And he's talking about food. And he says, don't you get it yet? Anything they eat doesn't defile them or make them unclean. It's not a matter of their eating habits. We may think it's disgusting, but so what? It's not a matter of that. It may be food we don't eat, but ignore it. It's a matter of the content of their character. It's what comes out of their heart. It's out of their heart, it's out of their being, it's out of their character that the goodness flows, that love flows. So ignore the meal and the menu. In this saying, Jesus radically attacked something that they all treasured and held on to dearly. In this moment of time, Jesus said, give up all of that difference in putting people into their own camps. It's a matter of who they are. So Jesus says this clearly to them and and frees them to be in ministry with Gentiles, those who are not Jews, those who are not part of the family. And it seems like once a preacher preaches something like that, then they are asked to practice what they preach. It's happened to me more than once. Some of you have, made, have told your children something and then turned around and had to do the very thing that you were preaching to them about, you know? So here it is. Jesus has preached this sermon. He's fed 5,000 people. He's gone to the land of Tyre, which is more occupied territory outside of his home. And in that place, he sought to have a Sabbath. You know, he taught to, thought to have a break. He didn't want anyone to know who he was. So he goes to this place, tries to get away from all of the busyness of preaching and this wonderful stuff, and he doesn't know how to do Sabbath as resistance yet. Or maybe he does. So he's trying. So he expands his territory by going into a different region, and in this place, before he gets settled in, a woman calls out to him. And we're identified, she is identified to us as a Greek woman born in Syrophoenicia, And that's the Gospel of Mark's right away of saying she is a Gentile Gentile. 
She's not part of this family. She is a double Gentile. And here she is coming at Jesus. Oh, boy, can he practice what he preaches. We wonder, because in the passage, we get caught. We get caught by the rudeness of his response to her, calling her a dog. You know, we might not think dog is that bad. You know, I love my dogs even when they get on the bed and drop fur all over the pillows. I still love them. You know, they're part of my family. But this is, Jesus isn't talking about a pet. Though some scholars try to soften this blow to say it's not like a wild dog, it's like a family dog. That don't make me feel any better. Walter and I had a friend in Chicago, and we would eat brunch with her a lot after, after church, and she went on through seminary and became a clergywoman. And she, in a conversation, was talking about her gay. I said, excuse me? My gay says this. My gay says that. And I said, what do you mean, my gay? And she said, well, he's my dear friend, my confidant. I love him. And I said, is he your pet? Do you own him? And she had to step back a little way for saying in her endearing way of this is my gay. And so I don't think Jesus is trying to say pet in any endearing way. I think he's being clear. And I think, and I think she is, is having a hard time with it just as we might have a hard time of it. Scholars say, well, maybe Jesus was just tired after all he was trying to get some Sabbath. You know, and here she is interrupting a Sunday afternoon nap or football game. And, and you know, and, and he's just, he just can't deal with it at the moment. So he becomes fully human. You know, and some of us have a challenge with Jesus being fully human. We want the fully divine sweet Jesus, but we sometimes don't want to listen to the fully human Jesus because if Jesus can be that fully human and we're this fully human, then maybe we're asked to do some of the very same things that Jesus modeled for us. Let's keep Jesus way up there, far away, but not too earthy. Not too real for us. You know, and some people try to lessen this passage saying, well, Jesus really was for the woman. What Jesus was trying to do was test her to test her to make sure her faith was good or strong enough or that she was worthy enough that Jesus might spend the time on her to send a blessing of healing to her daughter who's sick. Have you heard that preached? I'm telling you today that Jesus does not test you before healing you. God does not put barriers between you and healing and love and hope and joy. We may put barriers there, but God removes them all. There's no litmus test you have to pass before God heals you. In the rest of Scripture, Jesus heals people all the time without requiring a thing of them. I rebuke that test. I invite you to rebuke it as well. Any theory or theology or piece that says you have to be worthy of this healing or Jesus' time. I invite you to let it go. If you need to hold on to it dearly, you just hold on to it dearly. But I'm telling you today, I rebuke it. It's not a part of my life. It's not a part of my understanding of who God is reaching out to you or Jesus is with his healing. So if it's not a test, if maybe he was tired, but that still doesn't discount it. If the dogs may be pets, but really that's still not a very nice thing to say to someone. If all these things are going on, Jesus is really being asked to practice what he preaches 
He just told the disciples, forget all this discrimination about food. Reach out. And here he is getting reached out to by a Gentile Gentile. He's being asked to practice what he preaches. And at first, it doesn't look like he's going to do it. He says, my call is to the children of Israel. That is what I'm supposed to be doing. How should I let their food go to the dogs? Hear that word, dogs. Hear it as any racial slur you've heard, any critique of any group that's not your own, your own group. That's what that word is. It's not nice. Why should I give food to the dogs? Jesus here is being 100% human. He's being a part of his culture. He's being a Jewish peasant farmer. He's also in occupied territory where his people are under the thumb of the Romans and Greeks. He may be looking at this woman and say, your children, your children are keeping my children down. We've been under your thumb for a long time. Why should I spend any precious energy on your children? Well, call her a dog. So how do we respond when people call us dogs? Do we want to just hurl something back at them? Have you been called a dog sometime in your life? You know, some of us may have had some Jesus-like tendencies called a name back. But she does not return it in kind. She does not call him names back. She does not respond the insult with another insult. She doesn't get this, what did you call me attitude. I've seen that one in my sister. What did you call me? You know, she doesn't do any of that. She doesn't get violent with him. She doesn't try and hurt him. She doesn't do any of those things. She uses his own language. Dog. She says, yeah, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs. And we've been hungry a long, long time, and a crumb may just be enough. A crumb may just be enough. So Jesus, yes, your children need to be fed, but yes, my children can do fine if we could just have a crumb. And Jesus hears this. And somehow his world is rocked. Somehow his mission and his vision gets enlarged. The territory becomes bigger. Where it had been just the people of Israel, now it's everyone who comes to him in need. And even though he's preached it before, now he's getting to live it into his body. To respond to her and say, because you spoke up. Because you said your truth to me. Because you argued with me. Because you said what you need you can go home happy, your daughter has been healed. It's important to know that he said, because you spoke up, because you were outspoken, because some people like the Matthew version where it kind of sweetens it up a little, go read Matthew if you don't like this version, and he says, because of your faith. But in Mark, which we think is an earlier version, it's not varnished in the same way, it says, because you were able to speak up and say what you needed, and you were able to convince me that I need to enlarge my understanding of God's love. Now, for some people, that is a challenging understanding of who Jesus is. 
They want Jesus 100% divine 100% of the time, and they want to forget the 100% human part of Jesus. They want to not let that be a part of who they understand Jesus to be. And I want to tell you today that when we do that, we give up our ability to follow Jesus's path. Because God calls us to follow those footsteps. God calls us to when we're challenged in such the same way as someone challenging us with who we believe we are, maybe we can choose like Jesus did to grow. Maybe we can choose to expand our territory. Maybe we can choose to enlarge who we understand God's people to be. Perhaps there's been one of these women in your life that's come up to you and say, hey, I'm at the edge of my leash. Please, Jesus, just throw me a bone. Just give me a little bit of hope. And maybe it turned your heart around, or maybe you still did not help. But I want us to see in this model of the Jesus who's 100% of human that when he gets confronted with a limited view that he has, he enlarges it. We are called to do the same. Oh, people of God, this is a challenge. Mark is saying that Jesus understands now that the incarnation is not a cakewalk. The incarnation is not a cakewalk. There's some challenges in what it means to be human and to be flesh in this world. And Jesus has to walk in and through those just as we do. And he grows. Some of us have a challenge with the scripture even though it says Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. The scripture tells us that up front. But we think he came out already preformed and made and done. Right there in the diaper. So I wonder about this woman and her going home and her child. I wonder about the healing that happened there. Reverend Vicki and I were in a seminar this week with um, Dr. Marie Fortune, who's a national expert on domestic violence in families where that is common. And she shared to us one of the most violent times in a family's life is when someone tells them to leave the family. You know, in their goodness, trying to help them get away from the violence, they encourage them to leave. And it's at those moments of trying to leave when people are killed. And so we wonder about this woman and what actually was the illness that the daughter had that was kept in bed. What was the unclean spirit? Because from my years in counseling, I knew that usually who they came in to get healed was not what was needed to be healed. We called that the identified patient. So the little girl could have been home with the flu or some illness. The little girl could have been home because as the identified patient, she was living out the family's problems. She was living out whatever abuse was there. She was living out whatever the others had kept secret or silent. But as the identified patient, she's the one that people ask for healing for. So I wonder if when Jesus says, because you spoke up, Because you said what you need, because you have done this in this fashion. I wonder if it might have been the first time the woman had spoken up. You know, I wonder if it might have been a new thing for her to do. And maybe in the healing of the story, it's not only the identified patient, but the mother who goes back. It's just my imagination, because we aren't told what the family crisis is. Just that the little girl is the problem. And Jesus chooses both. 
Jesus chooses to be for the children of Israel and for this woman's daughter. Not either or, not one or the other, but Jesus chooses to expand his territory and chooses both of them. Incarnation, people, is not a cakewalk. We have these decisions of being fully human each and every day of our life. Will we choose to grow? Will we choose to expand? Mark commends her on speaking up, on her outspokenness, for taking action for what she needs to do. Reverend Vicki reminded us that on Friday we had a funeral service here in Houston at Second Baptist Church for Deputy Goforth. We lift in prayers this day, the deputy and his family, and we lift all first responders, all soldiers, all those who are officers of peace that dedicate their lives to protecting us, to being in a world where their lives are at risk. So we lift that, that family and all of those people up, and we celebrate what they do for us. And we grieve when them when violence comes upon them. We grieve for them when someone is shot senselessly at a gas station for no cause. We grieve with everyone when any life is lost. And we want to be sure and bless both their activities, their joy, their pain, and their healing. We do that as a people of God. We do that as faithful Christians. What does it mean for us when violence interrupts the day, whether it's a family, whether it's a system, whether it's larger? Do we include all people in our family of love and care? One thing I know is that this week has been difficult for many people because they feel torn in half. One of you called me yesterday and said, I'm feeling dirty. I'm feeling dirty. Asked her why she was feeling dirty, and she said, I'm feeling dirty because I participate in Black Lives Matter, and uh, this hurt that's happening, it made me feel like I've done something wrong. And I said to her, I understand that. I understand that sometimes people hear the phrase Black Life, Lives Matter and feels like it's telling them they're bad, when really what it's telling them is that we need to do a lot to work on racism in our country a lot to work on justice for people who it hasn't been possible to be a part of. And so, <laughs> so I said to her, it's a false dichotomy, it's a false choice. People are trying to engage you in a division where they're saying those are the Gentile Gentiles over there and those are the Gentile Gentiles over there and they don't want you to talk to each other. And what we need to do is do what Jesus did to not choose one or the other, but to choose both. To choose supporting those who serve us, to, to choose supporting those who don't have a place at the table yet. To choose to breathe prayer into all the spaces in the world where there's brokenness. Jesus, when confronted with a smaller view of the world, choose, chose to grow. Can we choose, when we're given an image of you must be divided, to choose to grow? Can we live into that space? I choose both. I choose both. This afternoon, I'm going to be marrying Deputy Scott Dowlern, who's here this morning with us in worship. (laughs) 
You've, you've seen him some Sundays here to protect us. He wears his uniform, and we identify him as someone you can go to if you see something in trouble. And he and his partner, Adam, are getting married with their fam Their families will be here in presence in this sanctuary this afternoon. And I, I, I commit to them, to their lives together and their love together. I commit that when they decide to adopt and have a kid, look at him smiling, We'll be here to baptize that child, to teach that child, to make sure that child has community. We're not only going to be here for funerals. We're going to be here for all of life. We're going to be here for every piece of it because we need each other. We need that community in order for us to grow at all. For me to grow, I need that woman to come up to me and say, Okay, Troy, but. Okay, all of you, but. Can we grow into a greater love and understanding for God? So I will marry Scott this afternoon and Adam, and I will also get my Black Lives Matter sign. And I will go to those places where there's been brokenness. And I will ask for God to breathe love and healing into those moments. Jesus said, yes, I'll love the children of my people, and I'll love this woman's daughter. What about you? Sometimes you feel at the end of your leash. Sometimes you ask Jesus to throw you a bone. Well, hear this. Jesus said, speak up, and it matters. I want to end with this quote from Brian K. Blount from the African-American Lectionary. It says, the Gospel of Mark wants us to holler for transformation the way that woman hollered for the transformation of her daughter's illness. All the signals may say to you, you ought to shut up, give up, and go home. If that woman could stand up to Jesus, we ought to be able to stand up to anybody else or anything else on this planet. You want change? You want to build on earth the kind of diversity we envision in heaven? Then you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to be relentless. You're going to have to raise your voice. Are you ready to raise your voice? Are you ready to raise your voice? Yes, Together, whether they're crumbs or bones, we can make miracles because God moves in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.